Are you ready to learn? Because my super experienced guests are ready to share some really valuable information. Make sure and listen all the way to the end to get help and support. So let's start with the best audio experience. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our show. Today, we discuss about consistent content marketing. I love consistency, and I'm so excited to discuss this topic with super energetic Lacey Box. How are you? I'm well. How are you? I'm doing great. Yeah, we discussed because Friday, you know, I check out a few studies that if you want to get more salary, you need to ask your boss on Friday. If you want to <laughs> get more sales from your customers, ask them on Friday. And, you know, I asked my son, what is your, uh, my son, what is your loving day? And he replied to me, Friday, of course, of course, Friday. <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> that's cool that we have uh, the topic today. Uh, before we start, just tell more about yourself, experience, background, and why you decided to share with us about consistent content marketing. Sure. So, um, my name is Lacey Box. I run the Content Direction Agency. We help uh, small business owners with the nurture content that they need in between promotions and launches to help their audience say, hell yes, as soon as they make an offer and get ready to to say yes on Fridays, right? Uh, or any day, I guess. <laughs> um, I've been doing this for 10 years now this April. And um, uh, before that, I was a journalist. I was a food writer. I uh, did restaurant reviews, which is nice work if you can get it. Getting paid to have opinions and eat food is not a bad deal. Uh, but I, I was working for a really small um, magazine here in Colorado. And we would sometimes work 60, 70 hours a week and have to be in the office at 3 a.m. on deadlines. And I got pregnant and I thought, this sounds terrible to do with a baby. So <laughs> uh, I decided to try freelancing. And uh, I did that for a while, freelance in the food writing world, but I wasn't making a lot of money. And so I thought, well, I'm pretty good at blogging. Maybe other people would pay me to write their blogs. And turns out they did. So that's how we got started about 10 years ago. You know, people in North Korea, they love it. But they have no freelancing. They have no internet. But they love it, you know. So, it. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm pretty sure in the future they can see this video. Yeah, it takes some time. I don't know how long, but uh, yeah, they will see. Okay, uh, you mentioned about uh, freelancing. Uh, and that's good, you know, if you uh, fail in the first attempt. Because I remember I failed many times in freelancing uh, because of have no experience. It takes time to get this experience to find uh, the best way. Uh, can you tell, uh, for example, from your experience, uh, about consistency, because for me, it's it's the best uh, worth ever. If you want to grow, you need to be consistent. And uh, I know that many people uh, give up uh, because uh, they can't get results. Uh, but I know many bloggers who couldn't do it for a long time. Uh, for example, PewDiePie, he yeah. filmed 100 videos to get only 285 subscribers. Right now, he has more than 100 million subscribers. Mr. Beast filmed videos uh, like uh, more than a year and a half to get first 1,000 subscribers. And right mm -hmm. now, we know about Mr. Beast. Can you tell about consistency? Uh, how to go ahead without results for a long time? Because it's the part of the process to learn what actually works for you, to find your style, to find how you can engage the audience. And uh, according to a few studies, that uh, most content creators don't record the second 
audio podcast because they can't get results from the first one. They don't record the <laughs> second video because they can't get results from the first video. Uh, for me, you know, I don't know how to get results from the first attempt. Can you tell more about consistency? Sure, sure. I mean, so, you know, the good thing about the fact that you have to do so many videos or so many blogs or whatever it is before you get uh, a whole huge audience is that there's no, there's nobody's looking at you when you try different things, right? You have this opportunity to try different things and experiment and, and get outside of um, your comfort zone a little bit. I I'm a big believer that especially when you're marketing a business, it's important to have a really different angle or a different point of view so that you stand out because there's so much noise right now. Um, online, like everybody has a podcast, everybody has a blog, everybody has a videos, whatever it is, right? Um, there's so much noise. You really have to be doing something different and unusual to stand out. And so when you first get started, um, you have to just keep trying things, keep experimenting. You know, my husband's a scientist. And so we often talk about things in those terms, but you have to kind of have a hypothesis and say, well, I think this is going to work but I'm going to test it. And guess what? In science, when it doesn't work, it's not like, oh, I'm a failure. I got to, I got to go back to school or whatever. No, you try something else. You say, okay, that hypothesis didn't work. I'm going to try another one. And that's the same way we have to approach content. You know, you can kind of see, oh, well, that Facebook post got 10 likes and this one got 12. So why did it get two more? How can I do more of that to get more? And it may seem small at first, but like the examples you gave, you have to build over time, right? And so that's where the consistency comes in. It's really important to keep trying, keep going, keep showing up because you never know which thing is going to hit. And then all of a sudden you'll be seeing really great results. Love it. Love it. Yeah. For me, you know, it's hard to count how many times I failed a lot. Mm -hmm. of, I, I keep doing this, you know, failing, you know, I think failing only brings new experience and nothing yeah. else. Yeah. I posted so many times without low engagement, almost without any engagement. I know some bloggers who posted six months without likes, comments, but they mm -hmm. keep doing this because of uh, loving the process. And after six months, they can get awesome results. So yeah, it takes time. Sure. Uh, can you tell about ideas, how to find uh, great ideas, uh, what to post, what kind of content to create? Because many companies have no ideas, uh, especially if we need to stand out from the rest, uh, don't copy others uh, and yeah, to provide something new and uh, unique. Sure. So I don't know if you've heard of the book, um, Blue Ocean Strategy. It's a business book. Um, and essentially the idea is it says, you know, don't play in the red ocean where everybody's doing the same thing. Figure out how you're different and you have the whole wide open blue ocean to play in. Right. And I like to use a similar kind of idea for content. So what I say to my clients is often like, let's look at what other people in your space are doing. And then how, what are you already doing that's different? So, you know, if you're, if you're saying everybody in my space has a podcast, okay, great. What kind of podcast? Well, they're just doing whatever. I'm just going to make something up. They're just doing solo episodes. You know, they're just talking on, on their podcast. And I say, okay, great. What can we do that's different with a podcast? Maybe you have guests and that's different than solo episodes. Maybe you do live coaching on your podcast and that's different. Maybe you do a call-in show where people can call in live and that's really different, right? So we start brainstorming ideas, um, within the same within the same channel they still want to do a podcast whatever it is 
but we're saying, how can we be different than what's already out there? So, you know, a good example of this is my podcast that we just came out with this summer. Um, I had wanted to do a podcast for a while, but I couldn't think of anything that was really different, right? You know, everybody's in marketing. A lot of places do interview style podcasts like this one, or they do where it's just them talking. And I was like, man, I don't really feel like I have anything special to say that would be that different. Um, and so I held off on creating a podcast. And then last year I had this idea, well, what if we put on a, a play, like something fiction, a radio play. And I ran with this idea. I got some feedback on it and we put it out this summer. And it's the, as far as I know, the first and only fiction B2B podcast that's out there. Nice. It's getting a lot of people excited about it just because it's different. It stands out. It's fun. It's a good time. And it's making fun of the marketing industry, which is always fun. So, <laughs> uh, it, but it's very, very different, right? I'm playing in a sandbox where nobody else is is building anything yet. So that's what's helping me stand out and get noticed in my space. So thinking about what can I do that's very different from what other people are doing in my industry or what can you borrow from other industries um, to, to, to bring into yours that's the, the, that people are not doing in your space yet? That, that's kind of how we start when we are thinking about what could be really unique and get people noticed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, love it, love it. Yeah, exactly about that. And uh, uh, I remember when uh, my son told me, uh, I don't know why you wasted your time on LinkedIn. The best way uh, go to TikTok. You know, you can create some engagement videos. Uh, yeah. That was hard to explain to him, you know, because I'm not good with dancing. It doesn't mean that, of course, on TikTok, you can create any format. Yeah, sure. It's better to be yourself. Why, why you need to copy some engagement videos if you can't dance or sing? Uh, yeah, and we know. <laughs> That uh, this guy about this guy who can't dance and sing just show <laughs> his his hands and he got more engagement than anybody else on TikTok. So yeah, love mm -hmm. that. Uh, can you tell about creating strategy? Uh, for example, um, how to create strategy uh, to be consistent? Uh, because uh, you know, um, I, I see when uh, companies use generic. Uh, content ideas uh, they are not consistent uh, so strategy can uh, provide this discipline that you need to do it you have some plan uh, tell more about strategy sure so with our clients we always start with a strategy we always start with a content calendar so we're gonna figure out you know what are we going to post when and most importantly, why? What are we leading up to? What are we trying to get people to do? So we go through a strategy session with clients that way and kind of we do that blue ocean strategy sort of thing. We say, what can we do that's different? What can we do that's fun? Hey, guess what? When something is fun, you're more likely to be consistent. You're more likely to do it. It's like with exercise. If you enjoy what you're doing, you're going to be consistent with it instead of like, oh, it's a drag. I don't want to go do this. I'm not going to get up and do it. Same with content. So if you're having fun, if, if you're excited about what you're creating, um, that's a big help. But then knowing what you're creating. So having that calendar with the topics already listed out. So you never have to sit down with like a blank page or a blank screen and be like, oh God, I don't know what to write about today. I don't know what to talk about today. We already have it planned out. And then the third thing that can make consistency easier is having somebody else to help you. So that's what we do with my agency. You know, people come to us and we can actually write the content for them. And so that can help them be really more consistent. Or like, for example, if they love showing up on a podcast or on TikTok or on a video, 
but they don't love writing, maybe they outsource the writing part to us. And that way they can still be consistent with a blog that's good for SEO and other things or with their email, but they get to do what they enjoy and we get to be consistent with the part they don't enjoy. So outsourcing yeah. can also be a really great way to help improve yeah. your consistency. Uh, you remind me uh, one uh, ex-top manager of Business Insider and uh, he shared with me uh, about uh, their success. Uh, they decided to create uh, content that it's not boring in boring niche. Uh, so yeah, and yeah. after that, uh, Business Insider uh, got achievements. They started from scratch, and uh, after uh, ten years, they sold this company for five hundred million dollars, uh, thousand uh, employees around the world. Uh, uh, many people know about Business Insider, and uh, they created content uh, that not boring. And you mentioned about enjoying the process. I think you know it's hard to go ahead if you uh, don't enjoy the process if you don't enjoy creating content because you can burn out you can give up uh, uh for me for example creating content it's hobby it's not my job because i love mm -hmm. it can you tell how you can enjoy the process uh, to get this energy because i can see you this energy uh, when we started i i felt it's friday but no way i see you have this energy can you tell more about energy and enjoy the process sure I think it's a big deal because when you're just showing up to create content and you don't feel excited about it, other people can tell. The people who are consuming the content can tell that you were not excited about it, right? So I think it's very important to find your joy, find your passion, find something that you're excited about doing. Like I can tell you love talking to people. You love doing these kinds of interviews because you're excited about it and you enjoy it. Um, but for somebody who doesn't enjoy, like if you if you you're like, oh, I have to do a podcast, but I hate talking to people. Guess what? Like that's not going to work. So finding yeah. the the channel, the medium that you love, um, and then being able to engage in that. I mean, I I love writing fiction. That's my hobby. And so being able to write a, a silly radio play for my podcast was so much fun. Like when the director would send me clips of the actors, I would just get, I would get giggly and like almost fall out of my chair because it was so exciting. And so, you know, in our business, we have a saying, we say, joy is a valid success measure. And so if we're having fun, that's half the battle, right? Yes, we got to make money. Yes, we got to do business, but having fun is really important in our business and we want our clients to have fun too. So, you know, finding the thing that's going to make you excited to share it, excited to do it, that is going to help you go a long way to creating consistency and creating content that other people want to engage in. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Yeah, completely, completely about that. Um, can you tell about uh, how to uh, learn more about customers? Because, you know, for example, if, um, okay, uh, I can be myself, I can create content that I like. And, uh, for example, I don't like when customers tell me, you know, that video provides the best results, but we are not good with that. Okay, if you're not good with that, skip it. Write more because, you know, many, many uh, great content creators uh, can write awesome posts, get high engagement, but uh, because uh, they use their strong sides. And for me, if you filming is not your strong side, if podcasting is not your strong side, skip it. Find mm -hmm. more, what works for you. Yeah, I agree about that. But uh, tell about uh, how to learn 
customers or audience before creating content because for example i can be myself but uh, how do i know that uh, people will care about my content how to consider them and create content that will provide results yeah sure so the easiest way is to start um just start a document somewhere where you're copying and pasting the exact words your customers are using when they talk about you or when they talk about your problems and once you have a good list going you'll start to see you'll start to be able to see trends or patterns in what they're saying you know so um maybe it's that they're saying like content is boring or i get burned out or i don't have enough ideas and so that tells me okay i need to give them ideas i need to make it more fun i need to have uh, whatever you see what i'm saying um this can come from like testimonials that past clients have given you. You can uh, offer to do free conversations with people. So say, I want to talk to 50 people who have this problem and I promise I'm not going to sell you anything. I just want to talk. <laughs> Those conversations can be really gold. Um, here's my super secret place to look for this kind of information. Um, go on Amazon and find a book or a product that solves the same product problem that you want to solve and look at the reviews, especially look at the bad reviews because the bad <laughs> reviews will tell you what they're not getting from the products that are already out there. And that can help you say, Oh, they all really want this thing that they're not getting from that book. That's what I can talk about or, you know, whatever it is. That's a really great way to go looking for uh, customer information without having to actually talk to anybody. So if you're an introvert and you don't want to talk to anybody, <laughs> go <laughs> stock some uh, product reviews on Amazon. But that's a really great way to figure out like, what are people really wanting when it comes to solving this problem? Nice, nice. Yeah, awesome tip. Love it. I, I, I'll consider this tip because I, I never did it, but yeah, I'm going to do it. Uh, <laughs> and about introverts, uh, Elon Musk is an introvert. Uh, Bill Gates is an introvert. So uh, I think introverts can get uh, and create awesome content as well. So it's better yeah, to be yourself. Uh, can you tell about uh, sharing stories? You know, because customers don't buy products they buy stories they buy solutions to their problems uh, they want to simplify their lives and they can change their hard earned money uh, with products that cost more than their money uh, so i'm interested about sharing stories uh, provide your insights how to create story that people want to consume and uh, don't bounce I, I love this question. I love storytelling because I feel like it's a really the best way for a brand, uh, especially a personality-driven business or brand. So there's a person or a strong personality behind the business. It's the best way for you to really um, get into your customer's world, right? So a really great example of this is a business we worked with a few years ago. It's called Bluffworks, and they make um, technical travel clothing. So like clothes that doesn't get wrinkled when you're on the airplane or whatever, they, that still looks nice. And so the guy who runs this company, his name is Stefan. He's such a character. I love him. He's so great. And so when they hired me, they wanted to put his personality back into the brand. And so we started writing blog posts and emails about all his crazy adventures. You know, like he would do all this stuff like... He just uh, went to a dock in New York and said, 
I want to, I want to sail across the ocean and I'll work for it and just got on a boat and, and worked his way across the world. He would do things like he made these videos early on where he'd show himself wearing his pants that he sells and he'd jump in a fountain in New York city and then bike to a business office and walk inside wearing the same pants, like that he just jumped in the fountain. He was crazy. So much fun, such a fun guy. <laughs> so we, we used to, all his stories and his experience to write the blogs and the emails and then after about three years of this, they decided to go do some angel investing and a round of angel investing. So we wrote an, an email saying to all of his followers, like he, he had about 10,000 people on his list saying, hey, we're going to do angel investing. Here's why. Here's what we're thinking about. And as a PS at the bottom of the email, we put PS, if you're an accredited investor, email us and, you, and let us know if you want to get in on this. Well, he had about 16 investors email him from that one email and he ended up getting three investors for over three hundred thousand dollars from one email um which i think is the power of story because for three years we were telling his stories and people were getting to know him and like him and trust him and so when he said we're opening it up for investors they were like yes i want in i want in on that brand because they already knew who he was yeah yeah interesting okay let's talk about uh you mentioned uh before about uh overselling probably uh, or the same bird because you know I, I often see when uh, uh, you know companies uh, try to sell a lot on social media on LinkedIn uh, I get a, a bunch of messages please buy my guest posting or something like this sure uh, they don't care about me they don't know what I need to get they just send me these messages uh, every single day uh, and um, when I check out some content from companies they tell me please check out what's going on with my profile I can't get engagement then I open profile I can see please buy my product buy my stuff uh, it's awesome product they don't care about customer they don't mm -hmm. care about uh, sharing value because most customers don't buy from unrecognizable brands they want to get value first can you tell about creating content that uh, you know like covers sales funnel uh, bottom funnel top funnel uh, with the right call to action on social media sure so social media you have to think of it like if we were going to look at a sales page right a sales page for a product um, it has to hit up all the all the special point, right? We have to like get people's attention. We have to hold their interest. We have to generate desire for the product, and then we have to get them to take action. Social media is like that sales page, but turned sideways, right? Because we're doing it over time. We're not doing it all at once. You're not hit it. You're not going to do a whole sales page in a Facebook post, right? So um, you have to hit all those points that you would hit in a sales letter or a sales page, but over time, right? So one of these classics copywriting formulas that I always use is AIDA. So attention, interest, desire, and action. And what I tell people is to make sure you're hitting all those points, but over time, right? So not all in one post necessarily, but maybe on Monday, I, I share something that's an attention grabbing post. Hey, look at this statistic. Did you know this about this industry? Probably not. Or here's this myth I'm going to bust for you right now. I'm going to give you this really amazing, mind-blowing thing you didn't know. Um, interest posts are more like your how-to. Like that's where you're going to get more in the in the details of here's here's how I do what I do. Here's my process or here's why our product is different. Um, desire is that whole uh, where you're where you're painting a picture of what they could have after they make the purchase, right? So um, if it's a weight loss drug or something, they're like, you can be skinny, right? You can be happy. If it's a product like mine, it's like, you don't have to spend 
four hours a week writing your blog post anymore. You can get all that time back. That's generating desire for the product or service. And then you can say, you can make an action post, right? That says, hey, I have four spots open on my calendar next week. Who wants to talk about uh, outsourcing their content? That kind of thing. So I think um, sprinkling all four of those in and mixing it up so that you're doing, if you can see like, if there's those four kinds of posts, three of them don't have anything to do with selling like directly. You're not saying buy now in any of those posts. You're just getting engagement. You're getting people excited about what you have to offer and only one. So only 25% of your posts should actually be like, hey, I'm selling this thing. Do you want to buy it? So making sure you're you're doing a whole lot of different things. And as you said, providing value for the person reading your content, that's what's going to get you people that then they'll follow you, they'll like your post, they'll engage, and then they'll be like, hey, maybe they can help me with my problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think, you know, uh, people follow because of one reason, they want to get more value. For example, if you help them one time, if they get value, they want more value. Oh, it's better to follow this guy because I can get more value. Yeah, uh, mm -hmm. it's the best thing uh, how you can, uh, I don't know, to tell why you need uh, to be followed. Okay, I have the question about increasing engagement rate. Uh, for example, um, I often see when content creators can create uh, valuable stuff, interesting stuff, you know, but nobody cares. Nobody. Uh, the main reason they have no audience. Uh, you know, it's better to, uh, for example, uh, I think PewDiePie do, doesn't need to uh, promote any content because he has this huge audience. Uh, sure. But he he deserves this audience. Uh, I think content creators, when they deserve audience, they pay less attention to promote content. But when you start from scratch, when you have no audience, when you need to get it, uh, can you tell about how? to increase engagement rate uh, and promote your uh, valuable posts. Yeah. So what's interesting is, you know, the 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 medium of social media has changed so much in the last 10 years since I got started doing this. Um, when I got started, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, they would show your organic content much more frequently to, to people that didn't that don't know you. Right. Um, and essentially they were subsidizing that organic reach back then. Nowadays, they don't do that. You pretty much have to pay to play. Um, so, you know, people who got started even seven, maybe even five years ago, they were getting more organic reach than we have today. So don't feel bad if you're comparing yourself to somebody who got started five, seven, <laughs> 10 years ago. They had, there was a different playing field, right? Um, so how do we do it today? Today, we have to do a couple of things. You can pay for ads. Uh, I mean, obviously that's going to be number one, but it's expensive. Um, the second way is to find other people in your in in your niche or or in your area who are reaching a similar audience and do partnerships with them. So like um, you would say, oh, you reach the kind of people I want to reach, but we're not direct competitors. Can we do a swap? Can I share your content and you share my content? Right. That kind of thing. Actually, what you're doing right now is kind of a partnership because when this goes live, I will share it with my people and say, hey, I was on this show and you'll share it with your people and they'll see me. Right. We're we're swapping audiences by doing this kind of content. And then, you know, the third way is to try to go viral. And um, a lot of people will come to us and they're like, we want to go viral. We want viral content. How do you make viral content? 
the problem with viral content is that a it's usually the content that goes viral is usually not the content that's going to actually sell your products or your services right it's something it's somebody dancing or doing something silly or whatever and the second thing is that viral content usually is only what i call one click content so you might get like 20,000 people seeing it and liking it and engaging with it but they're never going to like go to your website or see what you have to sell or even necessarily follow you, right? So it's just one click. You actually want two click content. You want them to like you, but then also follow you or go to your website or buy your thing, right? So I usually tell people don't rely on <laughs> viral content. Do things that are going to drive the right kind of people for your business, like SEO. It's really important. Um, partnerships can be really important. Or, you know, as I said, pay to play run some ads. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, love it. Uh, and by the way, uh, I got a few times viral content, uh, like some of my posts got 300,000 views. And I agree, I didn't sell from this post. Uh, yeah, I, I, I got some followers, uh, but uh, it didn't help me to get uh, any sales because that was broad topics. Uh, and uh, I didn't uh, no. I can't tell like this. Okay, I always, <laughs> <laughs> I always wanna get uh, the best engagement, but uh, I never know which content will provide this engagement. Yeah. Because of consistency, when you create a lot of content at scale, when you do it every single day, some of your content can bring results. And I was surprised which content brought this results because I felt another piece of content that where I spent more time, provided did more value, got it. No way. Just uh, a few uh, hundred uh, views, nothing else. But uh, some content where you are not expecting to get these results, wow, it's viral. <laughs> so it depends. And consistency is the best key how you can get it. Yeah, I agree with that. Okay, let's uh, talk about uh, the length of content. I know it depends. Of course, it depends, but uh, I still see, uh, you know, uh, online studies, then it's better to write like a hundred words, 200 words, the best practices like that. For me, I never consider best practices because I know some influencers can get results with short posts, others with long posts. It depends on their skills, uh, the way of transferring this knowledge skills. Can you tell how to find your style and the best lens? Sure. Um, yeah, we get this question a lot, especially around blogs. People want to know how long does a blog have to be? Um, I saw a report that came out just this week and it was saying that uh, right around 1100 to 1500 words is the sweet spot for a blog right now. And I believe that's because Google is giving more preference in SEO, <coughs> excuse me, to longer posts that are more um, in depth and give more information, right? So they're giving more SEO juice and more more search engine results to longer posts. Um, <clears throat> I've got a little frog in my throat, sorry. The, mm -hmm. the social media posts, as you say, it can really depend on who your audience is and how you like to write. So I don't think there is really a best practice right now. <clears throat> it depends a lot on um, what the other piece of content is. So if it's a photo, you might have a really long caption because you need to give context. If it's a graphic that has more words and like it's an infographic with it or a video, you might get away with a much shorter post. But then we also we see influencers and things who write like one sentence that's just sort of a quote or a mind like, ooh, wow, that was a really great mic drop moment. 
and they get tens of thousands of likes. So it really kind of, as you say, I think you have to experiment with it. Don't worry so much about best practices. Worry more about getting your people and what they want to see. What does your audience really react to? Yeah, yeah, love it. Yeah. Uh, by the way, Google doesn't count the number of words. Uh, Google denies that uh, they can count the number of words um, uh, to consider ranking positions. I agree with, with that. And yeah, it's better to be yourself, to find your style, and of course, to consider uh, audience preferences. Because, uh, for example, if you write uh, a blog post, uh, let's imagine the age of Elon Musk. Nobody cares about his biography, rewards, about <laughs> Tesla, SpaceX, because they want to know his age. That's it. And right, by the right. Way, <laughs> people can get the answer on Google. They don't need to open any website. You know, just uh, search for this keyword and Google replies to this question. So you don't need to create 3,000 pieces of content, you know, uh, just to reply to this question. Uh, but uh, some content demands when you need to uh, provide all insights uh, because most uh, users they are lazy it's our nature you know nothing is wrong with that uh, when people are lazy to read it but sometimes we have no choice you know uh, if you need to get this knowledge you need to read long content and at that point yeah you can create long content to provide more insights uh, about that let's see i have the question about uh, mistakes can you tell what kind of common mistakes uh, content creators still do and you don't recommend to do that <laughs> yeah <laughs> um so major content mistakes i see especially with newer business owners um they hear the advice to write what you know right especially when it comes to blogs and and but i think social media too they'll say write what you know so you'll have somebody like um let's just pick somebody like a, a photographer and they're writing posts about how to take better pictures. So they're saying, oh, when I took these pictures, I used this lens and I used this kind of camera and this setup. Well, when they do that, they're actually speaking to their peers. They're speaking to, to other people in the photography industry. They're not speaking to their customers because the customer who's gonna hire them to take pictures really doesn't care what kind of lens they used or the lighting setup or anything like that, right? So um, <clears throat> I think a lot of times we see business owners speaking to the wrong audience because they're talking about what they know, which is what they're an expert in, but they, their customers don't actually care. Um, you know, I fell into this trap early on. I wrote a lot about how to write blogs or how to do an editorial calendar or things like that. And the people who want to know how to write a blog, they don't want to hire somebody to write blogs for them, right? So um, it's I was blogging to the wrong audience for a long time now. There, if if I was making a, a course, let's say about how to write blogs, then it would make total sense for me to ha attract that kind of person that wants to DIY, that wants to do it themselves. But uh, we have a more premium service, and so I had to figure out. Oh, I actually need to be talking about the why. I need to be talking about why do you write blogs? Why do you write longer content? Things like that, um, so that the people who want to outsource it will think, oh, Lacey's the expert. I'm going to go talk to her when they're ready to outsource. So making sure you're writing to the correct audience. And I think this is true, whether it's blogs, emails, social media, whatever it is, making sure you're creating content for your audience is super important. And that is a huge mistake people make. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nice. Uh, Lacey, I have the question. Uh, let's imagine you started from scratch without any experience, knowledge, skills. What will you do to learn more about content marketing today? 
Absolutely. I would follow some uh, key people. So um, Copy Blogger is one of my favorite resources and Copy Hackers, Joanna Weeb over there. They're two of my favorite resources uh, to learn about content marketing. And um, Anne Handley, who runs Marketing Profs, I would probably start by following all of them, maybe investing in some of their courses uh, to learn more. But really, that's that's where I would start. And, and then maybe um, following like Content Marketing World or going to one of their conferences. Those are some of the best places you can start. But, you know, my caveat would be learn all the rules so that you know how to break them. Because the people who are doing unusual things, who are breaking the rules, who are writing new rules, they're the people who are getting noticed. They're the people who are going to um, break through the noise, right? So yes, go learn the rules, but then learn them so you know how to break them <laughs> in a good way. <laughs> yeah. And I know one way how you can do it by acting. You know, you can learn a lot, but when you act, you can find something that works for you, adapt uh, to your audience preferences, to your personal preferences, to create some nice, interesting stuff stand out from the rest. So yeah, I, I like uh, learning some best practices the, because of finding that actually works for me. So yeah. Yep. Uh, yep. I, okay, let's see. I have the question about the future of content marketing. You know, ma many things are coming, uh, metaverse, uh, web free zero. What kind of future will be? Uh, can you forecast this future? Yeah, I think it's so interesting because things change, but they kind of, they're like a pendulum, you know, they swing back and forth. So when I got started, blogging was huge. Everybody had a blog, everybody was starting blogs. That was the big thing. And then now, mostly a lot of people are like, man, that's old news. Blogging is old school. Like who has a blog anymore? Nobody does that. But what I've noticed is... Um, Right now, what's popular is what they call zero click content because like social media and channels like that, they want to reward people staying on their yeah. social media channel. So you have to create content that's native to the platform and they're calling this zero click content. You don't have to click away to get the, the meat. But what it really is, is blogging by any other name. Like you look at a Twitter thread that's got 27 tweets. Guess what, friend? That's a blog. You've just broken it up into 27 tweets, you know? Um, I think the same thing is true of like Instagram carousels and things like that. Even some, now that TikTok videos, they're letting them be longer and things like that. Same idea. That's It's still, it's longer form content. So I think what people are hungry for right now is meteor longer form content that goes beyond the soundbite that goes beyond the tweet the the clip you know they want a little more in depth yes we still need those flashy sound bites and tweets and things to get people's attention but then they want to go a little more in depth with you and so as, i think as we are going um like metaverse and things like that it's it's going to start out very um surface level like oh it's new we can do whatever we want but like the things that people are doing in the metaverse right now are kind of dumb it's like there i saw this one it was like a, a shopping experience for a store i can't remember what store maybe top shop something like that but you go in and you can go in the metaverse and it's virtual reality and it looks exactly like one of their high street stores there wasn't anything exciting about it right there wasn't anything new and different except you were in virtual reality it wasn't even new so i think what's going to happen is people are going to as soon as the the shine wears off <laughs> of oh it's just in virtual reality we're going to have to get into more in-depth more unusual exciting content and so that's where the really um really exciting opportunities are going to be for content creators because we can do something new we can do something that's never been done before we can use these mediums in new ways and and that's what's next it's not going to be like oh just go shop in a store that looks exactly like a real store 
it's going to be absolutely reimagining what that could be. Yeah, yeah, love it, love it. Let's see, I have the, the final question. Uh, okay, uh, can you tell uh, just one thing that, uh, for example, you share a lot of valuable insights, but if you can do just one thing, what uh, would you do uh, today in content marketing? If I could do just one thing today in content marketing, I would probably, I would pick one channel where mm -hmm. my people are and I would focus my time and energy in doing something different that stands out on that one channel. So no matter what it is, whether it's video, audio, text, I would figure out one um, interesting idea to try so that I stand out because standing out and being different is worth its weight in like paid ads, right? Like if you're different enough, you don't have to pay money to get people to pay attention to you. They just will. So I would take one channel, focus on that and figure out how I can be different and stand out and, and really focus my energy on creating content that does that. Yeah, so valuable. I agree with that. Focusing is the best thing ever. Uh, I remember when I decided to grow my network on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, LinkedIn, uh, Instagram, everywhere. Uh, and I got like five followers a day. Uh, but when I switched my attention to LinkedIn alone, uh, I got like 200 followers a day because of paying attention to one direction. Even repurposing content takes time. Uh, so, yeah, it's better yep. to uh, uh, be in one platform because Jack of all trades, master of none. And guys, I want to tell one thing, uh, considering this webinar, if you want to get high results, you need to follow Lacey Box on social media <laughs> to learn from here because you can see a lot of energy, valuable insights and do one thing, uh, do this favor, you know, Lacey, tell our audience how they can reach out to you, learn more about you, follow you. Sure. So uh, I'm at LaceyBoggs.com. It's very easy to find. I've got 10 years of blog posts. You can go read if you want to. <laughs> um, I'm LaceyLou42 on Instagram and other places. And you can listen to our podcast, Ace Stone Marketing Detective. It's on all the podcast players. Go check it out. It's a lot of fun. It's a fiction story making fun of online marketing. So I hope you'll check it out. Nice, nice. Guys, you need to listen to this audio podcast to get more valuable insights. Uh, read Lacey Box blog because you can see a lot of values. Follow our social media. And guys, love you. See you. Thanks for listening to this entire podcast. Please rank your experience in Apple, Spotify, Google, or any other platforms that you may use. Also, please share your ranking mark on chat at seotools.tv to get a special gift. We'll see you soon on other valuable audio podcasts.